Over the ditch, we are back for another week, and uh, Matt Markin joins me. Hello, Matty. G'day, Paul. How are we, mate? Awesome. Thank you. Very, very well. And we got I will say we've got a special guest going to come on um, a little bit later on, and Johnny Turner is going to join us. Pretty uh, amazing thing happened at Invercargill yesterday. I think it was a terrific story, and there's a couple other little stories as well. Plus, I wouldn't mind getting Johnny on a little bit more regularly as well. Keep her evolve in the show, if you like, and um, growing it uh, to get more reach, if you like. Um, we're sort of getting it out there, and we definitely try watching it on YouTube or Facebook, um, and also the podcast versions to get it out there. But, um, Maddie, it's a, it's a massive week coming up, and we will touch on that at the end of it. But um, really, the excitement is just starting to ramp up, isn't it, for the uh, for the Trotting Cup um, and the whole week, full stop? Yeah, it does. You know, uh, Canterbury, Christchurch as a whole starts to get a little bit excited. You know, you get to you get to Melbourne Cup Day, and you know it's only seven days away, so it's a bit like that countdown to... Uh, Christmas from when you're a child, really, you start counting down the sleeps, and we get some nominations tomorrow for Addington uh, on Tuesday, which will be uh, really important, um, just to see where some of these these good horses that perhaps aren't tasting some of the big ones on Cup Day are going to land, and what the makeup of those races is going to be like, and then obviously the Cup trials on Wednesday, which is a punter's must, really, yep. for anyone wanting to have a bet, because there's going to be pretty much something in every heat that's going to be involved somewhere along uh, along the way during Cup Week. So uh, always worth jumping on hrnz.co.nz and, and having a look at those trial videos and circling a few, finding a few that you like. And then it's, then it's time to get serious, I suppose. We start asking all these questions, we get a barrier drawer and everything, and things become interesting. Barrier Draw will be live Wednesday, 12 o'clock on the Facebook page. I ain't getting in trouble. I reckon she said YouTube as well. So I think it's going to be on that. But anyway, definitely on the Facebook page. And you'll be able to see a replay of that, I would imagine, on the website going back. Um, Emily tells me that I had to make sure I I, uh, I mentioned that as well. Um, it is a massive week. We could talk, just do a whole show, you and I. We could do a whole show, I think, about one race sometimes. But that worries me with what you and I think. Um Big meetings that have been. The re, we will go back at the start of the week and we'll bring Johnny Turner in. As I said, he's going to come in, um, discuss Addington and Invercargill and also the week ahead. But um, Methan, your home track, mate, the rescheduled meeting, the snowed out meeting, if you if you like, was run uh, last, what was it, last Friday? Last Wednesday. Firstly, how did that all go? Yeah, it was good. Uh, surprised me. There was quite a few people on course, uh, which was good. The weather was The weather was spot on. Uh, but a sunshine, and you know there was was a good crowd there, and just typical good grass track racing. You know it was nice even racing throughout the day, so it was hard to make a dollar. And we saw some some good performances. Bruce Negus had a good day. He picked up a couple of winners, uh, Not Shambelli and a Trotter Page, of his, who actually does a really nice job that wee horse, and co-owned by Colin and Julie De Filippi, along with Bruce and uh, Colleen Negus. So uh, nice to see her back in the winner's circle and. Graham Court, who, of course, the colours become synonymous with Cup Week uh, not all that long ago, picked up a training double as well. So uh, some some highlights throughout the day and some some good even racing and everyone got their chance. Yeah, um, I think Graham Court. Did you get a winner at Invercargill? Or did Kirsten own one? I think one of the horses Kirsten trained might have been anyway. I might be wrong. Might have the wrong person. Look on your face, reckons. It's nearly saying I'm wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll wait and see. I might be right. I might not be. Uh, Bruce... Um, Everyone knows him through Courage Under Fire. I got to meet him and go to his place. He's an infectious sort of person. It must be great when he gets doubles. And he's actually been having a very, very good run of late. He has. He's got a really nice team around him, some some nice young ones. I think um, Bruce built his stocks over the last couple of years by buying at the weanling sales and perhaps at a a few at some mixed-age sales as well. Um, And we've seen... The direct result of that, we saw a nice two-year-old called Quinn win uh, last month on debut. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a, a wheeling sale purchased by Bruce. And Bruce is the sort of guy that harness racing needs. You know, he's not afraid to line his horses up. He supports junior driver races, amateur races. You know, if there's special promotion meetings on, like Team Teal or, you know, Blue September races or anything, you can guarantee that Bruce is going to be putting a horse in it. Um, look, he doesn't win big races these days like he did with, with Courage Under Fire and, and some of the other ones, but he, he holds a really special place in the industry because of, you know, the, the horses that he does race. And he's at pretty much every race meeting with a smile on his face and always ready to have a conversation with you. And you're right. You love seeing people like him taste success. We saw another guy 
uh, do that on the same day at me for Warren Stapleton, who's been a bit of a mainstay of the McKenna Harness Racing scene for a long time. He picked up a winner. And, you know, he, you can watch all the big races in the world, Paul, but, you know, seeing those those smaller guys and the joy they get out of winning a $9,000 race at Meffin on a Wednesday um, can be just as, you know, rewarding, I think, sometimes. I totally agree, and that's one thing, you know, I think you and I both said a few times we want to continue to do um, this show through. Uh, right at the minute, it's a little bit hard because everything is centred around these big races coming up uh, and the rest. But, uh, yeah, they're the ones I like to, I suppose, highlight and, and point out and, and get, you know, my Australian viewers to get an understanding of who these people are as well, which then turns around. I mean, I'm not about punting, but it makes it easier to punt when you know something about someone. It's very easy to, uh, to, to get involved with those. Auckland on Thursday night... Um, it was a good meeting. Uh, there were some nice horses going around, um, and I'll be interested in your thoughts. I'm going to give a shout-out to Logan Hollis and Shane Robinson. My first initial touch, I suppose, with New Zealand was through the sales series with NZB um, and, um, I suppose, promoting people's horses and that. And I got to meet Logan and Shane um, at, I think it was the first yearling sale. It might have been a weanling sale. might have been the first I came to. You know, and terrific guys do a great job with their horses. They're having a terrific run this year. And to, to trifecta race number three uh, with those three two-year-olds, um, and very, very impressive, Mr. Bondi, but just a great training performance that I hope, you know, hasn't gone undersold. No, and it never should, you know. Um, Logan and Shane for a long time have been excellent conditioners of young stock. Um, the horses look incredible every time they walk onto a track. Yep. Um, and I, I think they're really close to, you know, having that really, really good horse. That one that's going to really, really put them on the map and be a Group One contender. We saw Hawkeye Pierce and how well he went in that two-year-old race a couple of weeks back at Addington. You know, he might be that horse that really, really does put them on the map. But in so many ways, they don't need to be put on the map because everyone knows how good a job they do with their horses. And yeah, sort of halfway down the straight, watching that race uh, last week, I sort of thought, oh, they're going to get the trifecta here because they sort of kicked on. Mr. Bondo was a very impressive winner, but. You know, the Artful Gamber and Little Hoof and Annie are going to win races in the next couple of weeks anyway. So uh, we're going to see their colours in the circle a lot more. No, nah, absolutely. I must say, though, Mr. Bondi was awesome because, yeah, 28, yeah, 28 six down the back. And when Andre, well, he didn't really move, but the horse, when he said go, he just accelerated beautifully. I wish I had had a video of that horse. I've um, had a day at the dentist with the daughter today and didn't get the chance to download as many videos as I'd like. But I just thought he was super, super impressive the way that he did. And then the way, like when he put him away, he still ran through the line very, very impressively. Yeah, he did. Um, they had a second later on in the night too with 2IC, two, two who run uh, looked to have it won, but uh, a well-timed Zach Butcher run uh, got the job done there with Man Down. So, yeah, they've got a nice team of horses around them and they're going to have a lot of fun over the next 12 months. So oh, I 100% agree. Good to see them getting some good results because they do a lot of hard work like a lot of people in the game. That definitely. Arna Donnelly and Keep It Classy got the chockies. That was in, I think, race number four. Man Down was super impressive. He was. Uh, he's always looked a nice horse and put a time on his side and he's going to go on and continue to do a good job. Um, just another one of the Vincents that are starting to do a nice job um, around both sides of the Tasman. They are indeed. I wear a Woodland shirt. I, uh, they do definitely support Campbell's comments, but you cannot deny what he is doing, Vincent. He's doing a great job. Um, may have just got lost a little bit in the wilderness probably six to 12 months ago, but now they they are. They win everywhere. They're, winning in, they're, they're presenting at the big races, but they're also winning um, everywhere else, and it's pretty exciting to see um, going along. Another, another guy, Matty White, again, I only met him through the Grins was the first time, and to be at uh, Cambridge was the first time I ever met him. I thought, geez, terrific bloke, really classy. He's having a huge year, um, and this horse, my, my surfer girl, my surfer girl is, I think, how you say it, but you guys probably say it a little bit differently. Uh, but yeah, another horse that was very, very impressive on the night. It was, and just continued Maddie's good run, and then of course he won the last in the night with Magic Four for uh, Robert and Jenna Dunn, and that was an impressive performance too. Twenty-seven wins for the season for Maddie and the Sulky. Um, he's he's closing in on his personal best since he came back from uh, over in Australia. I think it was thirty-one was his best when I looked it up the other day. So the way he's driving at the moment, you would uh, imagine that he'll get to that thirty-one, and some of the horses he's got around him. She's a funny horse, that my surfer girl. She's a she's a three-year-old filly by down by the seaside, and I've backed her a lot and thought, mm, you've just done enough to get me again. And of course, lo and behold, I drop her last week, and what does she do? She sits in the trail and wins, and wins quite impressively. So uh, 
I guess that's Murphy's Law for you, but no, pleased to see Maddie. And yeah, the win of Magic Four in the last was was very impressive. They went something quick, two forty one point five, and he just kept running and it kept running away from them in the finish and was very very good, beating a nice field too. You know, Simply Sam is actually still a nominee for the New Zealand Cup. He's he's not going to make it looking at the rankings, but he'll be on the ballot. Um, but very impressive win by a horse that at times is probably flattered to deceive a little bit. Yeah, no, he's actually going okay, Simply Sam. But this horse, Magic 4, I didn't really know a lot about the horse, I'll be honest. And then I looked him up and I see that he was uh, trained, was it Stephen Reid? Did Stephen Reid train him earlier on? And won the? he actually won the NZB uh, Magic Millions, I noticed there a while back. But um, what's he got, 100 and something thousand? I was impressed when I saw his stake money. I was like, well, $190,000, just shy of it. Uh, out of six wins, a vast majority of that comes from the NZB race. But still, um, he looks like a horse that does has a future. Maybe next year um, we might be talking about him at Christchurch instead of at Auckland. Yeah, and that NZB race, um, he bred a pretty handy horse Akuda. by the name of Akuda. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, was a, it was a very impressive performance that night too. I, he's, to me, he's a little bit typical of, of some of the better's delights. You see that they're actually going to get better the older they get, and they get a little bit harder and tougher. And I think, judging by what we saw last week, they might have unlocked him a little bit, and they might have been driving him a little bit too pretty, whereas, you know, sort of trying to wear your opposition down into the turf might, might be the best way forward for him now, I think, and... You know, 41.5 around Alexandra Park's a pretty good run, um, and, and he did it nicely too. So there's plenty more in store for him. Yeah, um, he was super exciting. I think I alluded to the week before that the Duns team were going good but just weren't getting that ultimate one. And then, um, I'll be honest, I was daydreaming on Friday, and I got, saw a uh, Twitter message. I got your, your down as the alerts, and it said, Welcome back. Diamond Racing, I had to go through the results. That was the start, that was the start of a pretty good um, five races, actually. Did they win? Yeah, they nearly win five in a row, actually, when you think about it. The they last... did five in a row. They won the first four at uh, Eddington on Friday night. And yeah. I think it had been something like 65 starters uh, in between wins. Um, so they would have been very pleased to get that one on Friday night, uh, Thursday night at Auckland, and then to go bang, 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 bang at Addington and include a stable Quinella in that with uh, Hadron Collider and uh, the Mickey's horse whose name just escapes me at the moment. So uh, they're back and they mean business, and what a time to be finding form for uh, New Zealand's leading harness racing stable. Dalton Shard, we will go. Th- we will go through them, um, the the Addington ones, because a lot of these will have a re- you know, repercussions. We'll get Johnny on sort of once you and I have gone through them and get Johnny's thoughts on the race meeting. But Sunny's sister was, she's always threatened it if she behaves. Um, she goes terrific, as does Musick, Muscle Sass. Both of them broke away. Interesting watching both drivers go into the line. Not a lot of vigor. They were just making sure their girls behaved themselves. Holding on for dear life, I think. Uh, too scared to breathe. Uh, on muscle sass, I mean, we, we can talk about it later, but uh, Derek and Adele Jones obviously won a race later in the night. They trained muscle sass. They won with Eurostyle. Yep. They got two really, really nice trotters on their hands at the moment, and uh, they do a good job with their team, Derek and Adele. Um, and muscle sass is definitely going to win a lot more races, and Eurostyle is too, because couldn't have been much more impressive on Friday night. No. Uh, absolutely. Hadron Kalita, we've been saying about him a couple of times. Uh, his manners, he's got to drive straight. Uh, Tony Hurley, he um, got the reins this week. He looked a lot better. I'm not convinced he wasn't still hanging as much. So I think the Iceman was pretty cool in the way that he presented him to the winning post, but he still seemed to have that tendency anyway to look to still want to duck in over the pegs. Yeah, I think that's just going to be a time thing with him. You're right, he was a lot better than what he had been in all of his previous race day starts, and he was going to win a long way from home um, coming off the back. Bob Buck drove the stable mate Mickey's Courage that runs second, and you could sort of see he was starting to feel the pinch a wee bit at the 400 until it's credit at fought on really well, but uh, Hadron Collider, I know they've got a big opinion of him. I know he's got a big motor. Um, but he's in a very, very rich two-year-old crop, so he's going to have to sort those little uh, intricacies of his gait and uh, mannerisms out before he becomes a serious racehorse. Dalton Shard for Corbin Newman, um, stables worker, does a great job, won a Group 3 at the Methan. Did he win the Methan Cup? 
He did, and then he year. won the Country Cups Championship as Which well. Which was a bigger bigger achievement. It's still one of the great races. That was a highlight race for me, sitting back here and actually being able to watch that beat Defy Me. Uh, that was three in a row. This horse, Who's Delight, um, and Gavin Smith. Now, what I did want to get the video downloaded of this one, and I haven't got it. Interesting little race. You've got to go back and watch it. Do you think Gavin got a bit annoyed at him when he put in those couple of roughies on the home turn the first time? Or sorry, not the home turn, the turn past the winning post the first time. And then he just said, mate, you're just going to run. Because it was, it was, he was happy to take the sit. And then after that, Gavin's just like, nah, mate, you're going to the front and you're just going to keep running. Wow, he was impressive. Yeah, so what actually happened there, and, and he did, he galloped and he fanned the field. But um, one of the hobble shorteners had come undone or released. The inside one, I think it was. And when Gavin's released the outside one, he's panicked and scrambled and gone out of his gear. And he, he's he been capable of doing that in the past, but he's a great star in the making. Oh. He just wants to run and just keep running. And he's beaten some pretty nice horses there, and he's done it very, very impressively, you know. Um, you look back, I hope, uh, sorry, Franco Wendy, who, of course, lined up in a Miffin Cup. You have Franco Sinatra, who was so good first up. I hope Connor, who was coming back first, up from a long, long spell on an injury. So he's really announced himself. And if he draws well in some of these big three-year-old races, he's going to make it mighty, mighty fun. Yeah, definitely. Triple G was better. He was a lot better yep. again. Like he's starting to get back to that form. He just seems like a horse has just taken a long time to come back to you know, what he was capable of last year, which can happen when they come back on a hard mark. Yeah, and I think I think that's probably reflective too of the, the age group and the horses that are in it, you know. Um you come back and you've got to race, you know, the likes of Don't Stop Dreaming and Merlin and things like that. It's it's going to be pretty tough. And admittedly, it's only going to get tougher. But nice to see him getting some confidence runs under the belt because we know he is a good horse. No, absolutely. And I'm just going to get Johnny on. I think we got Johnny now. Johnny Turner, are you there, mate? Yeah, mate. How you going? Very, very good. Matty's on here as well. Matty can hear you, I think. And we should be able to have a three-way conversation. Hopefully this works. Anyway, I haven't tested it before, but you can hear him, Matty. I can hear him. How are you, Johnny? Good, mate. Good to hear you. We, um, we've covered off Johnny on a few of the races. I, I wanted to bring you in because uh, Maddie sort of alluded to a couple of the winners from down south. We've we've got through uh, the fourth race at Addington um, the other night. We will go back for one horse, but I believe the way Maddie was talking, that might come into it in a, in a minute. Um, one of the races I do have for the video, and unfortunately for Johnny, he doesn't get that luxury, though, was the SENZ. That's a mouthful for me because over here it's SEN, but SENZ, um, New Zealand two yard trot. This is one of those races I do have the video for, Matty, and um, a couple of horses in this um, have got big futures, um, mainly the winner as well as just about any of them, Matt. Yeah, it's a very, very good crop. You know, we've talked about it in the past, Paul, and uh, Paul Nairn at his absolute best once again. Um, this horse galloped at Kaikoura a couple of times, but I looked at it and thought, I don't think one's going to be a very good draw for this horse, but Paul didn't seem too worried, and once he got him off the fence and got going, um, he showed what a class act he is, and yeah, he, if he gets his brain sorted out, he's going to go on and do a super job, this horse, because he has still got a few tricks, but Johnny's probably better place to talk on a couple of the runners up because they come from down uh, closer to his neck of the woods and Princess Sadie, who we've talked a lot about on this show. But the Merck's an interesting one, Johnny, obviously trained by a young fella in the name of Caleb Bublitz. And that was a super run from it on uh, Friday night. Yeah, certainly a horse with plenty of ability. I uh, get the impression he'll only keep getting better just looking at the sort of size and shape of him. And... Um, I was actually talking to Phil Williamson one day, and he uh, he had a huge trap on the horse. So, yeah, certainly one to follow going forward. And Princess Sadie just can't seem to get a draw at the moment. Uh, drew out in the Harness Million, drew out in... Uh, Hang on, boys, on I've got an issue. I've got no audio. don't know why I've got no audio coming through. Just stop. I mate. can hear you, Paul. No. I can hear you, mate. Oh, no, it is there. It's down as a different thing. Very, very sorry. Um, that was my fault. Yeah, it's always been there. Good as gold. Uh, keep going, Johnny. Sorry, keep going, mate. I'll bring the race field a bit forward. Sorry to, sorry about that. I'll leave it in the video because it was my issue. We definitely had audio. So, sorry, Johnny. Yeah, Princess Sadie's drawn out uh, in her last two starts and run exceptionally well uh, in both of them. She's uh, a filly with uh, a real amount of quality. So, 
Yeah, looking forward to seeing what, what uh, she can do going forward. Uh, disappointment in the race clearly was Empire City, uh, obviously right out the back door, but uh, she'll keep. She's uh, another sort of talented horse from uh, down these ways as well. What about the Merc, Johnny? Yeah, horse with ability. I know Phil Williamson's got a decent old rap on him. Obviously, uh, works on his track, and Caleb works for him, so he's got one eye on the situation. And uh, yeah, uh, thrilled that Caleb can uh, produce a, a place getter in a group uh, race. That's uh, a feather in his cap. A young fellow on a, on the way up, obviously trying to make his mark in the industry. So he's got a really nice one in the Merc. Who, as I said, I, I expect him to continue to improve uh, as he sort of gets bigger and stronger. How old is Caleb? Johnny? Oh, I wouldn't. I'd have to be guessing here. It'd be like early 20s sort of thing. You've been your driver. I'd only be guessing, but uh, he's a young fellow with. Um, he's in the right barn, obviously, uh, to learn about training trotters, that's for sure. <laughs> he, is, he is indeed. Jo- uh, Matty, we've got him here. We've had him up. Uh, Paul Nan, he didn't actually look over the, the weather. It looked like it had turned. I think this was the first races where it turned and turned a little bit ugly, but. Incredibly confident with his horse, Paul, was um, he never looked at all over his back, and he knows he's got a nice filly on his back, but just very confident in his own horse. That's Paul Nairn to a T, I think, Paul. Um, he doesn't tend to worry about anything outside of what he's got in front of him. Um, he takes that approach when he when it comes to training. He takes that approach when he's out there driving, and it's always nice to see Paul winning big races in the sulky because quite often he'll, he'll step aside, and, you know, we've seen... Bob Butt, Davey Butt, Leo Orange do the do the driving duties for him over the years, but he showed that he's still more than capable of getting out there in a big race and delivering the goods and, and driving them to perfection because that was a good drive. He he was trapped on the fence early, but managed to get off and found the front. And Yeah, as I say, he's a pretty serious horse, this, and it just continues this good run of Waterloo Sunset, who is a stallion that Paul raced. And actually, I believe he raced on Cup Day one year, and his preparation for racing on Cup Day was he spent the morning serving mares before he got on the float to go to the races. There you go. <laughs> well, how did he go at the races? Uh, I think he might have gallop. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if it helped him, it helped him. M.A. Um, Evans is a gentleman called Mike Evans, who actually, he and his, uh, well, now bride, um, Katie uh, Perry Evans, uh, she, they came across for their honeymoon. They actually purchased a horse, in the, a share in this horse, twelve months earlier. So when they were over here, they, they, I think Mike done a little bit of work with Paul, and uh, they purchased a small share in the horse while they were over here for their honeymoon. So uh, it was the longest honeymoon in history. I don't know anyone that's been on a twelve-week honeymoon, but um, <laughs> it was the longest. And uh, yeah, they were lucky enough they were able to uh, purchase a share in the horse. Both years ago, quite. Maybe yeah, I remember got... Mike. He actually worked for worked for Paul, and he drove a winner for him as a junior driver in two thousand and eleven, and I think it was at Miffin. On all, uh, from memory, right. I can remember it vividly. I think so. Yeah, a little bit of a backstory there. He's got a the got dead set. So looks like the um, uh, mixed martial arts bloke. I can't think of his name. The crazy uh, Irishman. But anyway, he's from Wales, so you get into trouble saying that. The uh, Phil and Glennis Kennard Bloodstock uh, two-year-old Chaser Dream beats Walk with Walk by Me. The depth again this year. The two-year-olds, three-year-olds. It's outstanding in New Zealand, and it doesn't matter how these races get presented up, Maddie. No, it doesn't. Um, you know, and just a continuation for Mark and Nathan Purdom and the girls doing the job on the bike. Of course, Olivia driving the winner and Devin on board uh, the runner-up. Uh, they've got some serious firepower at the moment and you'd expect that from them at this time of the year. But these two-year-olds are getting better and better and better. And, and Johnny, you will have noticed it. I think this change in birthdays we're getting, uh, we've got, seems to have turned it around so we're getting much stronger and much more race-adaptable young horses out on the track. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I know the trainers are all big fans of it so far, and, yeah, the results are all there for everyone to see. Uh, yeah, it's been a real positive. Uh, as far as this race goes, I thought we walked by faith. I wasn't sure if this horse was much top, to be honest, because they took it down Olmaru for a very minor debut, and he was, got the job done there. But uh, I thought the second placing was excellent. Chase the dream we know all about. But uh, we walked by faith, I thought, put his hand up in this race and sort of, showed uh, he's up to mixing it with quality two-year-olds, which when you go to Omaru for your debut from the Paradise Day, it's generally not uh, the sign that you're uh, 
straight off the top shelf. That might be an indication of the depth, though, Johnny and Matt. Like, it might be why they had to do that, because they know how strong the horses are around them at the minute. Yeah, I think um, Mark's never been afraid to throw one on a float, but Johnny's right, Omaru's a, a long way from home. I know he's taken maidens down there on Kuria Cup Day and Henna Memorial Day and the like in the past, but you don't often see it. Um, the Dunfords who own this horse have got a great association with Mark, and Mark's always done the best by them. So I just wonder whether they thought a trip away for a trip, you know, and it's, what, it's three and a half hours down to Omaru from their base in Rolleston, that, that might have been a good making for the horse. So, yeah, we don't see it very often, as Johnny said, but uh, generally, from a punting point of view, if you see them lining horses up at Omaru or Tamaru, yeah, you generally get involved. Yep. Johnny? Um... Yeah, not a doubt. Yeah, cool. I'm going to throw to you, mate, with the uh, return of Smoke and Banda has just been outstanding, Craig Ferguson. Myself and Matty sing his praises a lot, and I think as a as a horse person in the industry, he's awesome because he trains, trains a stack of winners, he drives a stack of winners, but he doesn't always drive his own. He drives outside people, and he'll um, happy to let Mark Hurl do the driving for him. But this horse wasn't a successful trip to Queensland, but, man, he's got it come back and just trotting beautifully, uh, and really got its mojo back, if if that's the right word to use. Yeah, he's just that sort of horse, really. If the top two inches are engaged, he's very, very dangerous. And, you know, he can trot as fast a quarter as most trotters in the country. But if he's not in the mood or, you know, there's something not quite uh, 100% in the brain department, he, he can be disappointing. And that's exactly what uh, happened in Australia. Obviously, didn't adapt to something over there, whether it was the style of racing or um, whether it was, you know, the the uh, surroundings. I nobody seems to know, but uh, he's certainly back and firing at the moment. His second to Muscle Mountain, I thought, was absolutely outstanding. Obviously, at Ashburton, yep. and then uh, uh, Friday night, uh, absolutely bolted. And uh, just the second run back, you'd expect him uh, to take good improvement out of that. I know he's going fresh from there into the Dominion, so. Uh, Craig timing his run uh, into the Dominion with that run on Friday night. Yeah, it was a dominant display. Bolt for Brands, probably the talking point out of the race, really, given the fact that uh, I, I don't think he trotted uh, he can just in terms of his stride. I mean, off 30 metres and uh, giving a horse like Smoking Bando that kind of start was always going to be difficult for him. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't pleased with the way he strode out in that race and uh, got to be some massive question marks on on how competitive he can, can be in the short term. Uh, I know class is uh, is permanent, and it goes for both horse and his trainer-driver, but some question marks there definitely for on bolt for brilliance coming out of that race. I think that was the, uh, the, big, the big point to come out of it as far as the Dominion goes. Was it the conditions of the track, you think, Johnny, or um, a little bit more than that? Certainly got to have something to do with it, and uh, I know it's easy to say... Uh, from afar, that uh, he doesn't look to be trotting as well as he can. I know the bloke in the sulk, he's probably got uh, a thousand times better uh, view and feel of things than I do, but, um, yeah, I thought his performance was a little bit plain, so, yeah, I'll uh, be interested to see on where he, whether he goes to Cup Day next or or what the story is, but, um, yeah, he was never again to catch Smoking Bando, who was very dominant. No. Uh, had a speed horse on his back, and I dream of Jeannie too, so... Um, she, she can reel off a nice uh, 400 and she didn't look like getting past so yeah really good one Maddie, your thoughts you can see the race so I mean it's a little bit easier for you yeah on bold for brilliance I don't know if he was handling that track very well and I think by this point of the night and I know because I was was obviously uh, in Canterbury how heavy that rain was you can actually see it pulling on the inside of the track there and I reckon that track's got real slushy and I just wonder whether they had thrown his balance off a wee bit. I know they made some showing changes from his last start too. I don't know. It's a hard one, isn't it? And Johnny's right. Tony Hurley's got the best seat in the house to know what's going on. He has run home very well yep. in the finish, but not with probably the same vigour that we'd expect from Bolt for Brilliance. So Johnny's right. There are a lot of question marks over him, but who, who are we to doubt Tony Hurley and what he can do with a horse? Um, on the winner, this is great. I... I love seeing this horse doing things right, and I just hope he does it right in the Dominion Handicap because I feel like he's the one horse outside of the big guns who could really throw a cat among the pigeons. He's so good at freewheeling in front that if he happened to trot his way onto the lead early, 
and was still there at, say, the winning post or even the top of the straight with a lap left to run, I don't think it matters if you're Muscle Mountain or you are Bolt for Brilliance or you're Oscar Bonavina. I think Craig Ferguson's putting the bat up and saying, you're going to have to do it sitting outside me. Whether that means that he can kick on and beat them, I don't know, but he certainly adds another nice wee much-needed aspect to this Dominion handicap, which, to be fair, for so long has looked like, I'll say, a two-and-a-half horse race with the question mark around Oscar Bonavina. So great to see him inform. He's trotting beautifully. Most importantly, he handled that sand start really well. I know it was a small field, but he was going as good at the winning post as what he was at the top of the straight, which is exciting and just continues this great run of Craig. And I know we're going to be talking about him uh, again very, very shortly. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, just uh, the one thing about that horse that you know, I, I told Queensland to jump behind him. The biggest thing about him is he's not only is he grey, which is a tick, uh, an unknown trotting trainer driver, if you like, from down south of New Zealand. There's so many things about this story that actually are really, really cool, um, taking on the big guns as well. And don't worry, Craig, I don't think he's no longer a, an unknown name. Um, but, you know, if, 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 if you understand what I'm trying to say, he's not a, he's not a Mark Purden or a Greg and uh, Nina Hope. Uh, the Duns, he's not that, st- and here he is, and he's he's got a serious player, and I think it's it's awesome. Then you throw that grey factor in, you know, you, you can imagine on show day, people are going to be lining up to see a grey horse, and they're going to be cheering for it, and I, th- I think it's so good for our industry, and he's a good story, and hopefully she can continue, or he can continue to do the job. Craig won't mind me telling this story, but you, you touched on it, the fact that a, a little-known trotting driver and trainer in Craig Ferguson, he actually took about 200 or so drives before he drove a winner on a trotter, Craig. I know he copped a lot of ribbing from uh, a few of the boys in his junior driver days about not being able to win on a trotter, but he eventually got there in the uh, in the end and uh, has gone on and done a pretty good job. He's won 32 races now driving trotters, but I think it took him, yeah, it was something like close to 200 drives um, he'd had at the races before he, he, he saluted on a trotter, and, yeah, there was a bit of gentle ribbing going on there from some of his uh, fellow juniors, I can tell you that. That's... Uh... That's how he's making up for lost time now. But I would imagine down there with the Williamsons too, Johnny, you might know better, but the, he's saying gentle ribbing. Those Williamsons don't do anything gentle. They would be giving it to him all the time, wouldn't they? They would do. Him and uh, Nathan are really good friends, and there wouldn't be uh, an opportunity to go by where they wouldn't uh, give each other a bit of stick. And, of course, uh, in the bent stakes, I think Brad and, uh, and Maddie are probably you know right at the top of the um, – the list down here too, so yeah, no. Uh, when there's any kind of uh, little mishap or anything to to throw a bit of chat about, uh, the Williamson boys get right on board. And, uh, yeah, no. Uh, there's plenty of good uh, good banter among the Southern Horsemen, no doubt about that. Uh, Brad always smiles. I like him even when he's under pressure. He's always smirking, and I think that riles a few people, that's for sure. Uh, Maddie, I'm going to throw to you because you can see the video Zach Butcher is definitely more known as a driver than a trainer, but I'll tell you what, he's quickly changing that. What an impressive horse this filly is, Mantra Blue. He's doing an awesome job with it. Um, and again, his driving skill come to the fore, but she's a serious filly. Oh, she's something quite special, I think, Paul. Um, yeah. How special? We're going to probably have to wait until uh, next week when she clashes with another very, very special filly to find out. But... There's so much that you've got to take into account when you watch this race. So for anyone watching, that's her third last um, on the on the outside. Uh, Zach in the Lynn Philpop colours, um, who he's had a great association with. She's come down to Canterbury. She's got a big reputation. Um, and then she's turned around and done this, uh, which we'll see in a lap's time. This matchup against Millwood Nike is... To borrow a Mick Guerin term, just sexy, I think. Um, <laughs> and it's just so cool. I can't wait to see these two fillies. And an exceptional group of fillies around them, you know. We've got Artie by the Seaside and we've got, you know, Sweet Diamonds. We've got Treacherous Gal, etc. to add into the mix as well. This is going to be one of the races of Cup Week for me now. Whereas before this filly had emerged onto the scene, it was probably a foregone conclusion. But now there's just a little bit of a question mark of, how will she go against Millwood Nike? And we're finally going to get to find out. But on the track, the way it was on Friday night, and the later it got into the night, the wetter it got. And you can sort of see that from the way that the, the drivers are out there trying to handle it. Um, to come from where she did and win in the manner which she did, 
could not have been any more impressive. Ignore times, she still run home in 58.5. They run a 159 mile rate. It's it's the manner in which she does. And she's taken off here, as we can see, at the 600 metre mark. And the filly in front is Sweet Coco, who we know is a lovely free-reeling front-running filly. Um, she ran a big second a couple of weeks back. But she's just launched into it, this uh, this Metro Blue, and, yeah, she's done it very, very nicely. Yeah, she's exceptional. Johnny, I gather you would have seen the race. Your thoughts on her? Yeah, she's impressive. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, you don't just uh, draw nine, turn up at Eddington and win like that unless you're obviously extremely smart sort of uh, animal. Uh, like, um, as far as the night goes, uh, I'm firmly in the middle of Nike camp. Obviously, I think most people would be, but um, yeah, be I wouldn't. I'd suggest uh, Mantra Blue has got to go to the next level, but she does look like Apple continuing to improve. She's only had such a small handful of starts. Expecting her to really step up once she tastes that, uh, you know, that really top level racing and be competitive. But um, yeah, adds another dimension to obviously, you know, what we're looking forward to at Cup Week. Yeah, absolutely. I will keep going because we want to give him the cargo a little bit of a, a time. We have a bad habit, Matty, of you and I going for a long time. we got Johnny in now. We're in all sorts, but that's good. We don't care. We don't rush on. Uh, beach ball, um, beating McAndrew, Aviator and American Me. Um, does this give us much of an indication for some of those last little spots in the cup? Well, it does now because the rankings are out. So we actually know the 15 horses who are going as I furiously try and bring it up on my screen in front of me, uh, who are going to take their place as the starting horses in the Cup. And it was enough to get Beach Ball in. He'll come in as the 15th ranked horse. Uh, from memory, from when I looked at them briefly before we come online, yep, he's 15. Uh, Smithy's Terror, 14. American Me, 13. He's a sport, 12. One change. Pembroke Playboy, Kango Krug, Old Town Road, Swayze. And then the guaranteed runners, McAndrew, Aviator, Republican Party, BD, Joe Mostel, Ben and Akuta. So that is your Cup field. At this stage, uh, I know there are a couple of are going around at the trials at Addington on Wednesday that, that will be their final chance to say that they've done enough to get there. Uh, very impressive beach ball. Um, I understand that he has been in the care of Brendan Hill for the last couple of weeks. Of course, Benny knows how to get a horse ready for a New Zealand trotting cup. The most important thing was, though, and it's been his big Achilles heel, he pinged away from the stand beautifully. And from there, it was a great front-running Ricky May drive that got him home. Uh, Johnny, your thoughts on that race? Yeah, it would have been a bit of a tra uh, travesty if he hadn't got into the cup field. He's bringing uh, genuine form, although not in the traditional cup lead-ups. He's bringing you know, genuinely good form to this race. Uh, so, yeah, pleased to see him in. Uh, I thought uh, his performance was, uh, as we would have expected, uh, very good. Um, it's great to see him, as Matt said, stepping away. Uh, he had been such a standing start rogue, but to see him catch him uh, catch things like he did uh, must be uh, you know a real boost for the camp uh, now that he's in the cup. Uh, talking point for me out of the race was Republican Party worked around the field in very testing conditions. So don't want to say he was disappointing. He he, uh, he certainly didn't finish where many would have expected him to as the hot favourite, but. Uh, the query uh, has to be said, you know, could he have done a little bit better? He did plenty of work in the running to get around him. Could he have kicked on a little bit better? Uh, the jury's probably out a little bit there. If I was to have, make a call one way or the other, I'd say I would have expected a touch more from him, but uh, we won't write him off just yet, given how testing it was at Eddington the other night. Your thoughts, Matty, on Republican Party? Because it's a horse I'm keen on, I must say. Yeah, on face value is probably a bit disappointing, um, but I think they probably achieved what they wanted to out of the race, and that was got to run under the belt, uh, obviously leading into to next week. I'd be interested in Johnny's thoughts. My my thoughts around Republican Party is he's a bit like a couple of other horses in the race that at this stage in his career, his best chance of finishing as high as possible in the cup is Blair Orange putting him to sleep and hoping they go like hell in front of him, and he's such a high-speed horse that he could get home over the top of them. Yeah, that does seem to be the the, bit, the logical way to play it, just given the fact that it's his first full year in the big, big open leagues, uh, you know, of open class. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect him to be parking too many or doing anything like that. But, uh, with the with the right run, gee, uh, you know, just given the nature of the cut field this year, you know, he's I would say he's right up to, to filling a top five sort of placing. I don't think there's any doubt there. No, he's also I was keen on until last week, but I 
thought the same thing. I'm glad you guys both said that because he, he just seems to put away. He's got a chance. He can't win it off his own boot, if you like, but um, if everything else goes to plan, he's, he's going to be there. Uh, Johnny, Euro Style took out the uh, Forest Quip uh, mobile trot for Derek and Adele Jones. Matty alluded to earlier on in the night that he had a very nice second. Um, they're having a good run at the minute, and so is Kimberly Butt. Yeah, great to see Kim uh, get linking up with uh, a talented trotter. Absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, this horse has only had, obviously, a very short career so far, but apart from a last uh, gallop, uh, it's been exceptional. And, uh, yeah, a, a horse going places. Um, a mare that's... Uh, there's going to be uh, plenty of mares uh, trotting opportunities coming up, so you'd really have to figure that uh, is going to be right amongst it. Uh, yeah, I've... Been impressed with uh, with what she's been able to do, as I said, in a, a very short career. Beat Masterly, who's uh, a handy sort of type, whose form's been a, a touch patchy this time in, but uh, good to see him back in action and you know running stronger races now back uh, at the Bob Butt Stable on the beach there. But yeah, good race and uh, yeah, Euro style horse with a with a future, no doubt about that. And Confessional was a little bit better as well, Maddie. I thought um, your thoughts. I'm very pleased for Kimberly. Um, obviously, a good week for her. She won with Just Michael at Miffin on Wednesday. Yeah. She's 21 wins for the season. Um, six shy of her personal best, which I think is around 27. Yeah, that would be right, wouldn't it? Six. Yeah, that's definitely right. <laughs> Bad maths. Um, probably yeah, most importantly for Kim Kiwis, Kimberly, though, Kiwis and I'll, I'll give her a week. Yeah, words not numbers, Paul. Words <laughs> not numbers. Um, most importantly for Kim, um, she's got pillow bragging rights at the moment because she's two wins clear of Johnny Cox and has 19 <laughs> wins. Um, and I know there's a little bit of uh, banter going on between those two about who's going to finish uh, at the top of the uh, the household premiership. Uh, right now, my money's on Kim. Yeah. Um, she's upset me. Her, her UDRs, actually, she was at 2.2. It's dropped down. It's at one point seven now. It's still pretty fair, but she was she was going huge there for a while. Just every week do the show, and that's the beauty of going through the results of every every winner. Yeah, you see it every week. She seems to get a result. Is that you dropping stuff, Maddie? I thought it was Johnny before, but it's actually you playing with stuff in front. See, I've got uh, I've got these little things. They don't make as much noise. That's <laughs> all good, Johnny. Maddie and I are huge on this next horse we're going to talk about. Um, I think he's a serious horse. He had a serious horse sitting on his back, but wasn't good enough. Talk of Wagstar, the son of Sweet Lou, for Craig Ferguson and Mark Harrell, uh, drove. He's something special, the way he worked off the arm and then was still able to punch away at the top of the lane. No doubt about that. He's uh, he's ex an exceptional talent. Uh, he's run a 3.11 on that absolutely uh, rain-soaking track and obviously the best part about that was the 26.8 home. They told me the other day, actually, the horse is not really a front runner. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to add another dimension to the to the victory, uh, he might have been even better if he had uh, been able to trail Jollymont. But uh, no, he was exceptional, Wagstar. And uh, full credit to Mark Harrell. He saw the opportunity early. He was on the case. He saw the horse in front of him uh, was obviously going to uh, take him right through from the second row. Um, that was Lone Wolf. He was drawn behind. And uh, he got round to the front and uh, had the bat up and said, uh, "We'll take this race by the scruff of the neck." And yeah, he's uh, he's a driver you can uh, who is a, a friend of the punter. You know, Mark Harrell is always going to put his horse in the race, regardless of it's Wag Star or perhaps something uh, not quite as exciting. But uh, yeah, he certainly did that on Friday night uh, and continued this wonderful strike rate Craig Ferguson has produced over the uh, this season and probably a little bit longer so yeah really exciting horse he's right up to derby quality the, the thing about the horse um to consider is uh you know has run i think he ran fifth in that wonderful uh edition fourth. of the flying stakes fourth yeah um that was only at the races only his sixth start and you know he's competed very very well against a horse like don't stop dreaming and and, and Merlin. So uh, consider that was his seventh start where he won the other night. He's only going to get better. And uh, he's going to start on Cup Day, then head into the New Zealand Derby. So, yeah, really looking forward to the future progression of Wagstar. He's obviously a star at the moment, but how much better can he get? That's probably the question for me. Matty, you can beat up on horses going through your classes, I think, sometimes, and we can get caught up in it because they may not be beating anything. Jollymont, Charlie Brown. 
these are both serious horses and uh, he just he put them to the sword he put a quality field of horses to the sword yeah I don't ever want to hear a driver complain to me about drawing the outside of the second row ever again <laughs> um just drive Mark just Harrell. drive like that you reckon just, just i'm going to show them the replay of that race and say it's only a bad draw after the race uh that is how you take a race by the scruff of the neck and make it your own and if the tab bookmakers had known that was what was going to happen inside the first 200 meters i think he opened at 550 on thursday night wagstar i think that's what i got him at anyway but that's not how i saw him winning the race when he uh when it, on the way that he did uh, but you're right the ones in behind jolly mont of course run don't stop dreaming to such a close margin in that big race a few weeks back charlie brown's always there you know he's beating good horses and and competing with good horses each week and as johnny said he's still very much in the infancy of his racing career so gee imagine what he's going to be like in 12 months time once he's you know probably filled out a little bit more and gained a little bit more of experience um there's a horse out of that race to back wherever it lines up next Jimmy Ray from the John Morrison stable. I thought that was a good run first up. He'll go to some country cups races at some point and uh, he'll just keep improving and uh, he'll pick up a race at short notice. But full credit to Mark, to Craig, to the horse, you know, that just continues this great run that we are, we are seeing from them. And it's great to see the Southland flag being flown so high um, at Addington Raceway at this time of the year. And that's why we got Johnny on, apart from the fact that we're going to cover off in um, another meeting in a minute. I do wear a woodland shirt, I always say proudly. The job that Sweet Lou's doing at the minute, there's a horse in America that goes pretty fair, and then the second horse goes okay as well in, um, uh, oh, I forgot, Confederate, and then Cannonball are both pretty nice horses. We had a horse here, over here go, I Keep Smiling, uh, only went 49.8 as a three-year-old filly. It is ridiculous what these sons of Sweet Lou's are doing right at the minute, or sons and daughters, his progeny of his, the times they're just letting rip are just exhilarating. It's great to see. I mean, as I say, I do Sky wear Lou there, Paul. Sky Lou. How Forgot about that? that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's heaps. And the, and the times, Johnny, they're reeling off. It's scary. They're, they're hitting this 150 mark consistently. And, you know, Wagstar didn't do that the other day. He was still pretty impressive, 58.5. But I could imagine him around Menangle. Maddie makes mention a couple of times about sending a couple of horses to Menangle. We want him to go over there and come back, but you could just see him unloading around that track. You wouldn't know what he'd run. It's just scary. So, yeah, it's um, good to see. Um, the last race, Ken Barron with uh, My Star Blue Jeans. Matty, if you want to do just a couple of quick points on that race. Uh, my only surprise was the $8. Again, I'll just stick to my punting uh, thoughts for the night. $8 weekend that horse opened up at. Oh, just just a usual weekend for me, Paul. Get, win it all on Friday and lose it by Sunday night. Um, no, this horse looked a really good bet in that race. It had been racing really well. Look, not the strongest field you're going to see, um, but I think it's just another example of Blair Orange driving a horse like it's the best horse in the race and, and getting the job done. Yep, absolutely. And Ken Barron's having a good run at the moment too, which is good to see. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, every week gets a winner. A um, couple of weeks. He's, he, uh, did he go down south two weeks ago and got two winners, I think? So he is going really good. Uh, Johnny, did you have any thoughts on that last race? Not really. It wasn't a great form race, but it was uh, It was exciting to watch if you backed the My Star Blue Jeans. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, the difference, yeah, horse. <laughs> the difference in the people. I don't have a photo. I don't have a video for you, Johnny. I only got your photo, but uh, Maddie's still beaming, so don't worry. That's uh, the point of the race was Blair Orange had a bit of trouble pulling the plugs, and he was just trying to steer the horse. So he was always going to win, but yeah, I don't know what was going on there, but yeah, Rightio, Johnny. Eight times at Eddington. Okay, we you played at home uh, yesterday, and you were on track for some good interviews too. Um, what do you call yourself? The king of content, which I'm going to challenge you about that one day. But anyway, we'll leave that one. <laughs> Bring it on, Paul. I'd love to, love to spark something up about that. <laughs> um, big day. I don't see anyone else going to the races putting a big rap on me about anything I do. So, you know, I've sort of got to put my own label on. Oh, don't worry. I, I, I call myself the number one talkback show, online talkback show in harness racing. And uh, well, you get some response when you say it. I can tell you that. Don't worry about that. There's a few people who want to question it, but uh, I'll, I'll say it. So it's all good. But not on this show because we're not live. We will be, actually will be next Monday night, I believe. Monday night, I think we're going to do it, but not sure. We'll find it, work that part out. Right out, big day yesterday, um, playing at home for yourself at Ascot Park. Uh, 
Kirsten Green had a day out. Four four winners for the day, Johnny. She started the day off with a bang um, with Frosty Girl, but it was a great day, full stop for her. Certainly was. She does an exceptional job. She's a great ambassador for, ambassador for the industry and uh, deserved her success yesterday. And uh, she's a uh, you know a trainer and a driver who uh, you know trains a small team, but is consistently producing nice horses and consistently uh, you know heading up to Addington and winning feature races. I'm thinking obviously uh, Watch Me Now is the first one that comes to mind. But she's had a host of successes at Addington with horses like. Tommy Waterhouse, who won a list of race up there. That she's, um, yeah. Uh, Patty Proudfoot was the winner she had at Addington. Like, um, yeah, she's a very, uh, very talented horsewoman, and uh, great to see her enjoy such uh, a great day at Ascot Park. Uh, we were pretty. I asked her. Oh, she wasn't a thousand percent sure whether it was her first, uh, you know, winning quartet in one day. She had a great training uh, tenure with Paul Ellis in combination. They trained a, a heap of winners together. So. It may have happened before. We're pretty sure it didn't. So, uh, yeah, a, a real, a real uh, a day out at Ascot Park for Kirsten anyway. I still got the video of the first race uh, here as well, and uh, fair to say the goat didn't quite have as good a good a day. He would have been un- he would have been sick of seeing Kirsten for a while. But even this horse looked like it was going to get beat, Frosty Girl. But um, it kicked back underneath Jack of Bayless, and that probably set the scene for the whole day because um, she drove a little bit of everything Kirsten did, but she was happy to put them all in the races. Yeah, she's not one to die wondering, and if uh, the mobile's leaving, there's a good chance Kirsten's leaving with it. She loves to roll forward and you know, put her horses in the races at the uh, at the appropriate time on the right horse. But uh, yeah, she likes uh, to put her horses in the race, and uh, she did that with Frosty Girl. The horse was unlucky; was following a couple of the favourites in its last start, and they sort of stopped in front of it. And she ran on nicely for third, but uh, uh, she wasn't going to be unlucky. You say uh, Frosty Girl, good winner for. Uh, Bit of a legend of the sport down here in uh, the breeding uh, barn, or the I shouldn't maybe uh, quite phrase it like that. <laughs> he's uh, he's a well-known former stud master and uh, prolific breeder of horses, as Bill Keeler, and uh, just a great old fellow to have a yarn to. So, yeah, really p- pleased for Bill uh, to cash in and get another winner. He's bred stacks and stacks of winners, and most of them have carried the name Dale. So. Uh, I know there's been plenty of Dales go over to Manango and do good things over there, so the Aussies will probably be aware of some of Bill's, uh, you know, finer products. Sweet soul sister, Craig Ferguson, in the sulky for, how do I pronounce his surname, Matty? Steve, Steve Bork, back, Buick? Belky. Borky? Belky. 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 Okay. Um... All right. Um, nice winner, I gave it. I got caught. I yeah, got, side, I got sidetracked just then. Sorry. <laughs> money was on. Led, uh, Craig Ferguson gave it every chance. Steve runs a dairy farm, and uh, he we haven't seen him lately. He's been busy doing farm work. So uh, he finally got his horses to the races, and he got this one really fresh up, uh, obviously without starting too many through the winter and that sort of thing. So good to see Steve back. He's a good fella, and he has to go at uh, a lot of aspects of the sport. He sells yearlings. He breeds plenty of horses, trains his own on, on you know, at his property where, where his farm's obviously located. So, yeah, we need people like that in the game and, uh, uh, you know, good reward for Steve there. A couple of the uh, highlights for mine. Darren, I reckon that's a great name for Kirsten. I think that part is terrific. But not only did she trained four, she quinella to race. And it's pretty hard to do. I mean, we talked about Logan Hollis in that earlier, that, you know, trifecta to race. But even just to Quinella a race, a lot of people go their whole life and don't get to do it. She trains four on the one day and also Quinella's one race. Like, it's an amazing achievement. And and both those horses were nice to me, looked nice. Anyway, I'd be interested on either you guys' thoughts, betting sensation and career of sunset. I tell you what, Darren and his trolls and workers, he, he actually went around like you were training him, Paul. He was absolutely hopeless, to be perfectly honest with you. And uh, Kirsten took it to the races, and he ran a cheeky third on his debut, and everyone sort of thought, oh, maybe this horse isn't quite as hopeless as we thought. Uh, and he's continued to improve. In that third, he was 8-8 eight, eight in the betting and played $8 for a place in his debut. And he's just one of those horses. You put him under race day pressure, and he seems to go even better. And He's uh, built to a nice win. Betting sensation and can, uh, career of sunset are both nice fillies. I think betting sensation headed, heads to cut week, but I'm not sure uh, career of sunset will. Uh, career of sunset uh, arguably has slightly more upside about her. She's talented and 
probably needed that run uh, yesterday. But uh, Benning Sensation, nice, nice horse in her own right. And I don't mean to disrespect her by saying that she's probably the second pick of them. But uh, her win was excellent. She worked early on a fast opening quarter and kicked on to win. Uh, nice drive from BRI. So, yeah, lovely Cornell. Um, Kirsten's on her way to Cup Week. Is that the horse she's taken or is she taken a couple? She's taken about six or seven. I'm just uh, not a thousand percent. Uh, most of the ones from yesterday are going. I know Waddle Bank Arnie. Uh, he's a Moisters going. Uh, pretty sure Sally Lynn Denny's going for a minor trot up there. Uh, but don't don't uh, hold me to yeah to that. No, very. Maddie, did you have something off of there? You were. Oh look, I. Kirsten's always been a favourite of mine, uh, watching South of the Racing, and Johnny touched on it before, she's not shy going forward, um, and I like that, she's an aggressive driver, um, one for Johnny to put down in his little black book, she's 197 training wins now, so she's closing in on a milestone, which will be a big, big achievement and something she'll be very proud of, because you know she does like to celebrate her successes, and I like the way Kirsten places her horses. Um, she finds good races for them and they're always a chance and you know that's just reward picking up or having the day that she had yesterday um, because you know right it wasn't just the four winners there was a host of placings in there as well so uh, she's doing a super job with her team and, and they always look really really good when they walk out onto the track too. Yeah she ran a second and a third in the second last race there as well so Blair Orange you had a he had a, a good day out as well with three, and I think, as I said, I think Craig Ferguson ended up driving two as well. I don't think he trained any of those, though, did he? No, Craig missed out on the training front, although he did produce uh, a third placing in a no second and a fourth. So, yep. not uh, he'll he'll still keep the old strike rate up with those results. Don't worry about that. Um, highlights? Any other highlights out of that meeting, Johnny? Outback Man was good. Do you remember that uh, video I did, Paul? It went global all over the internet. Uh, it was a raving sensation <laughs> of uh, of Graham Cinnamon cheering his horse home, Outback Man. Yes. Uh, he won again yesterday. He's two from two now. It's only the second start or the next start following that um, that uh, debut win where Graham showed his real passion for the industry. So pleased to see that. He's a three-year-old with a little bit of a future there. Uh, Mickey knows uh, in the feature pace yesterday. He's a horse going to Cup Week. He's seriously talented, uh, but um, probably as dumb as your average Aussie, I would suggest. He's just not that switched on. <laughs> yeah, he wears the uh, the galloping hood, the full blinds uh, sort of scenario because uh, he can get a little bit uh, days during the running. But man, when he's in the mood, he can run. So watch out for him at Cup Week. When they go really hard, uh, he'll keep going. So. Uh, Probably, probably the 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 two to follow out of the meeting, or the two uh, two points outside of Kirsten's uh, big day. Maddie, if you're worried you're going to get the flick for Johnny, don't. You, you've got everything covered, all right. This is his first and last appearance, so the part the part is fine. Sally of Lynn Denny is actually a half brother to um, King Denny, um, a horse that I actually had over here for Merv Butterworth for years ago, and he actually won. Um, he won two. Two jewels and two derbies. So there's a little bit of uh, useless information. It's a very, very well-bred horse by Majestic Sun, that seven-year-old mare. Um, and that video, I don't know if you've actually seen it, Matty. Uh, it did go global. I don't know how many Kiwis actually saw it. But the uh, um, Batman, Johnny, I must say, in all seriousness, that, that video was brilliant. And it just captures why we do this industry. We sometimes forget it. And you only have to go back and have a rewatch of that race to know what winning a race means to some people. Isn't that right? Yeah, and there's no more passionate harness man than uh, Graham. There's no doubt about that. But uh, he uh, he leaves uh, all his emotions out there on the track, and I was uh, I was the one that captured it. But uh, yeah, passionate people uh, definitely what this industry needs. There's heaps of them, and yep, uh, capturing those sort of little moments is is pretty cool. It's pretty privileged to be you know to do the job that we do as media people and uh, hear some of those stories from. Those who probably aren't as outwardly uh, emotional after their wins, but there's always a good tale in amongst them. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. No, absolutely. Johnny, from the down south, someone to keep an eye on if you like and someone to look out for for the New Zealand over the New Zealand Cup week? Yeah, I think we've covered the main sort of characters. Uh, one horse we haven't talked about 
Uh, probably flying a long way under the radar at the moment is uh, Pembroke Playboy, who uh, hasn't been quite on his big game at the moment, but uh, on his day he's capable. He could sneak into a you know, wee hole somewhere in one of the major races if we're... If things uh, fall his way, he's an outstanding beginner, so that's always puts him in a in a lovely spot. I guess one change is uh, a southern horse that'll be going for the cup. He's going to probably start one of the outsiders. Uh, he was scratched out of his last start after uh, getting a little bit of a bug, I think. So um, probably not the ideal preparation for him. Uh, as far as the you know the, the the interest for the Southerners is often on the show day with the South of the Waitaki race. Yep. There's a lot of horses heading up for that, and it's always hotly contested. So, um, on yesterday's run, I would be thinking Waddle Bank Arnie would be a serious threat, but uh, I'm not sure a thousand percent sure if he's going. But there's a horse starting later this week that, if he were to go, would be an absolutely massive chance. Uh, and his name is Atoji. He was a brilliant winner of his debut. He's been bought by Mick Boots, and now he's with Nathan Williamson. He's starting at Omaru this week on Thursday in a standing start for junior drivers. So uh, young Ollie Kite gets to feel the power there. We wish Ollie all the best with that drive. Uh, seriously talented horse with speed to burn. So I'm not absolutely sure whether he's going to that race, but if he shows up at Cup Week, look out. Very good. Matty, your thoughts on Cup Week? Apart from the obvious, I mean, we, we've covered. Oh, we, actually, Johnny, just on that, we, we did pick up um, Pembroke. What's his name? I'm going to call him Penny, but it's not Penny, is it? Um, Pembroke Playboy. Playboy. Uh, that was was that at Ashburton, Matty? We saw that like he he got up the straight okay off a soft run, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, and I presume we'll see him go around at the Cup Trials on on Wednesday. Um, and like Johnny said, there's no doubting he's got the ability to be a player in these big races, but nothing's really worked for him when he has got into them. Um, we know he was obviously initially the first horse into the, the inaugural race by Grins and then had to come out of that. Um, it'd be great to see him back because he is a high-speed horse and his good manners um, might put him in a good spot to maybe sit three fence, you know, and run top six. Um, hard to see him winning it on what we've seen unless we see something sensational on... On Wednesday, but uh, just looking forward to the week. You're just talking about winners at Invercargill uh, there on Sunday. Mickey knows. Interesting situation. I, I identified him as a story that I wanted to write last week, and they hold a race on show day called the South of the Waitaki, which, as it suggests, is for horses that are trained south of the Waitaki River, which is near Omaru. And I thought, oh, that'll be good. I can tie that in with the Mickey knows story. I looked it up and saw it was a rating 59, and the South of the Waitaki race is up to rating 60. I thought, oh, that kind of buggers that story up a bit. They won't be trying to win on Sunday because they want to get into this race. <laughs> I rang his trainer, Jeremy Douglas, and he said, no, nah, bugger that. I don't care if we win on Sunday. I just want to race on Cup Week. It doesn't matter what race it's in. I just want to be there. We'll be going out and we'll be trying to win on Sunday. And that's exactly what he did. Um, like Johnny said, he has got a little, little bit to learn. I won't go as far to say that he looks like an, or he behaves like an Aussie and the like, or trained by an Aussie. But, um, yeah, he he's going to do a nice job, that horse, because he's still 12 months away. I reckon... We will see him in the Group 1 Invercargill Cup before the year is out. Be cool. That is a bit cool, but it's a good race and everyone will be aiming for that. That's that's actually not that far off. That's why you get him on, Paul, is to make these big calls, and there's no doubt about that. But that's only two months away. Uh, oh. he's got, he, he wouldn't trick the char challenge. Um, there's right. no doubt about that. He, yeah, I could see him in a race like that. All right, Roll Boys, thank you. Um, we've recorded this on Monday. It'll go up on the, on the Tuesday, but thank you. But we will be catching up, I think, on Monday night. I've got to sort all those things out with Emily when she gets a chance. Don't forget that the live barrier draw will be on Wednesday. Hopefully she can hold the iPhone still and properly, but uh, if she shakes and drops it, well, so be it. She'll, she can do those things. Actually, one other thing I did want to say is uh, well done, and for your down your way too, Tristan Larson's uh, winning the Sananad Trotters Cup on an ex-Kiwi in Baxter. Um, for an ex-Kiwi in Brent Lilly, but he's doing a good job, Tristan. He's making a good fist of it. He's here for another... He was going to stick it out for at least 12 months, and it's good to see the young bloke and uh, winning a nice race over on the carnival. Uh, no, not a carnival, but nice cup race uh, here. He wouldn't have driven around too many tighter tracks than Sinanad, Um but, uh, yeah, good good to see him getting the jockeys. He yeah, certainly was. He used to work with Tristan at the barn every morning, and he's a great young kid. And it's great to see him uh, going over there and kicking a few goals. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, long may it continue. He's building a nice wee record of winners over there by the looks of things. He's uh, yeah, he's doing. He's kicking a few goals, which is great to see. And son of uh, one of the uh, great uh, trainers and drivers to come out of uh, Southland and Kirk Larson, who has never ever been far away from having a good horse in the stable. He's produced some exceptional uh, horse, uh, horses over the years. And of course, the, probably the top of the list here would have been Howard Bromack, who yep. won plenty of Group Ones. Yep, that's also come to Australia, isn't it? I think he did. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, Kirk was also the early developer of Smooth Satin. Oh. One of those ones. Its name escapes me now, but I'd have to go back through the records. But yeah, he's been one of the uh, the mainstays of Southland for a long time. Howard Bromack, he was a great horse. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mario. Trial at Maribor one day, and Kirk come back in, and he couldn't believe how cold it was. There's something for you guys in New Zealand, but uh, he said, I've never felt anything like this. It's a different cold to what you guys get. Don't worry about that. But, um, yeah, he couldn't believe how cold it was at Maribor. But, uh, no, good to see. Right, boys, thank you. We will catch up at least once next week, maybe a couple of times, but really appreciate it. Hopefully we've uh, highlighted a few uh, races coming up for a few people and really appreciate it. And, Johnny, I really welcome you uh, to the show, even if it is the last time you're on, mate. It's great uh, you can make room for the King of Content, to be honest, Paul. It's been a pleasure. I apologise for any Australians I may have offended. I've got some great friends in Australia and many trips to your country tracks over there, Maryborough and all around the place with some good old pals. And Hopefully I'll be welcome back again one day. <laughs> You'll be right, mate. Be all good. And Matty, thank you. And uh, as always, we'll be uh, catching up early next week. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it sounds good. Looking forward to it. Sorry, I don't have a tagline. Um well, oh, actually, although the newspaper here calls me Mid Canterbury's number one sports reporter, I'm the only sports reporter in Mid Canterbury, so it's a bit of a bit of a fait accompli, I suppose. Don't ruin a story with the facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the worst thing you can do. Right, boys, thank you very much. See you, mate.